This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx, joined today by my comrade from the NGF and Lynx contributor Eric Matashevsky. Eric, still snow on the ground, but you hope it goes away soon up in the Northeast. Is there an end in sight? Yeah, we're, we're certainly itching for those golf days. The, uh, the anticipation is building up, I think, after this past year. Everybody wants to get out and play. And so having the snow on the ground for the entire month of February kind of puts a, puts a crimp in those plans. But the weather is turning and it's starting to, uh, to look like golf season is in the future. Certainly is. And speaking of going out and playing and planning, and I know you uh, have a, a nice trip planned coming up in the near future to Pinehurst Resort, which kind of leads into our topic of discussion today. What elements make a golf resort great? You'll get to see some of that firsthand, some things you haven't seen before at Pinehurst. But um, Eric and I wanted to speak to our experiences. I know we've been to a lot of the same places. There are some places I think I've been that you haven't, and you've been to a lot that I haven't been to yet. So um, drawing on that experience, uh, we're going to try to put together a, you know, somewhat definitive list of what we think makes for a great golf resort. But um, let's start with what the data shows and what other people think make for a, a golf, great golf trip, at least. So um, I know Eric has some survey data from the NGF asking people what are the most important parts to them and when they're considering or having gone on a golf trip, I may or may not be explaining that right. But um, Eric, do you have some insight into what generally people find most important in their golf yeah. trips? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We've done a, a lot of research obviously into golf travel because it's a huge business. It's a $20 billion with a B in the United States every year. You know, we're talking playing fees, accommodations, all the travel costs involved and the meals and the entertainment expenses and things like that. And the reality is the traveling golfer, as you might suspect, is going to be playing more often than the, than the regular golfer. They tend to be more avid and the opportunity to get out and get on some of these trips gives us that, affords that opportunity. Um, and it's interesting when you really look through the data and we ask these, the core golfers, a lot of these questions about what they're most interested in. And it really varies by the type of trip. You know, we, we tend to think of, of a golf getaway as, as the buddy's trip, which is certainly the most common one, but you know, we golfers are an avid bunch and we play when we're on family, family vacations. We play when we're on business trips. We play when we're on, um, you know, kind of couples getaways or even, even going off on our own. So, the, the attributes that really appeal will differ by the type of trip. But when you look at it on the whole, it's interesting that a couple of them tend to emerge as the most commonly cited. And the number one is easy, easily accessible travel destination. 
that tends to be the most sought after when it comes to a, a golf destination. Number two is competitively priced packages and group rates. So people are looking for price. They want to find um, a good deal. And we're seeing that a lot. I mean, as spring starts to be right around the corner with a lot of these golf resorts, and we're starting to think about getting back and traveling again and in 2021, you know, you're seeing a lot of these golf deals start to spring up. Hey, here's our spring travel packages. This is the, these are the offers that we have. Um, and the other ones that are up there are, you know, well-conditioned golf courses and a really laid back atmosphere. I think all of us are looking for that, right? When we try and escape and go to one of these golf destinations, these golf getaways, we want it to be that just escape and that really great feel. So those are the ones that we see most common to be, to be quite honest. When you ask golfers on the whole, those are the ones that emerge up at the top. Yeah. And in terms of getting away, that's going to speak to one of the points that I'm going to make later, but um, a commonly used synonym for a golf resort is a golf retreat. And we're trying to, you know, foster that feeling of seclusion that you are just getting away from everything else so that you can solely focus on golf and then enjoying the other aspects of said golf destination. It's interesting because you talk about places that are accessible and I kind of think when people think of the, you know, most sought after golf destinations, some of those are not extremely accessible in terms of it's not going to take you two hours to get there. Like, I mean, Bandon's the one that everyone wants to go to. And that's what, when I went to Bandon, it would have taken me a shorter to get to St. Andrews the way we took to get out there than to get to Bandon Dunes. So I wonder if that fluctuates at all, depending on like, you know, bucket list items. Like if I just want to go to a, a golf resort just to get away and play golf maybe I do want something that's quick and easy and I can zip in and out and get back home quickly. But maybe that changes if I'm talking about a once in a lifetime destination golf resort. I think, it, I think it's an excellent point. Um, you know, I think when you think of a place like Bandon, part of the charm is its remote location. It's a complete escape, a complete getaway. And I think if you talk to a lot of the the truly the passionate golf travelers, they want to have that experience. They're looking for that experience. Part of the fun of driving to a place like Sand Valley is its location. You know, it's, it's off the beaten path. Um, you find that even in Florida with stream song, you know, you're, it doesn't feel like Florida. Uh, and it, it is a bit of a, a bit of a drive um, off. It's not an immediate get off the plane and drive right to your destination type of place. But you know, it was for me, it was a little bit eye-opening to see that as the number one most cited by, by golf travelers, because I think there's a lot of people out there that are really looking for that complete escape. Yeah. Which brings me to, um, you know, our discussion from, from our experience, I I've written down one, two, three, four, five things. The fifth thing is, is kind of, you know, depends on where you are, but um, my list of the most important aspects I think that make a golf resort specifically great. Um, 
and this this I'm talking about not just a golf trip, but the actual resorts themselves. So um, I don't know if you have a list put together too about some of your most important concepts, but I'm happy to start. I can start on mine if you want to. Um, Go ahead. I've got a few of my own. Okay. All right. The first thing for me, and uh, when I'm thinking of a golf resort, um, a lot of them maybe have just one 18 hole course, but I think the idea is to have more than that. Mike Kaiser has, has been known to say that, uh, to have a truly great golf resort or golf destination, you need at least two courses. And in that you need a, not just two spectacular golf courses, but you need a variety of great golf. So you've started to see short courses and putting courses sprouting up everywhere to add to that variety of not just having your standard 36 holes and, and be done with it. Um, so I think variety is probably at the top of the list in terms of making a golf resort. Great. You, you want to go and play two. ideally you want to go and play two completely different courses at the very least but then now it's become so important to incorporate a fun element to where you have a less serious vibe to the golf experience. You can go out, you can take a cocktail on a gigantic putting green and um, putting course and have yourself an evening, or you can um, take your shoes off and literally walk barefoot on a short course and just knock it around and have fun. So to me, variety is number one at the top of my list in terms of making a great golf resort. What do you think? I'm going to agree <laughs> with you there. That was, that is number one with a bullet for me as well. Um, and it was interesting kind of looking down the list of what some of the other traveling golfers responded to is they, they want to see courses of, for different abilities that actually came up more, came up ahead of a variety of courses. But, you know, to me, having that variety is just so integral to the, to the resort experience, to the getaway experience. If you're going to a destination, if you're going there with a group of with a group, um, and you want to play a multiple, you know, multiple courses to have that variety, to have those different types of courses, to have the the different experience day to day, is so essential and it's so fun. It's the reason why Pebble Beach is adding or re updating their par three course, and why Destination Kohler is adding one. Um, Sylvie's Valley Ranch the other day announced they're adding a three or let's see it. I'm thinking I'm getting things mixed up. Sand Valley's going to add a three acre putting course. Sylvie's Valley is, is adding in a reversible 18 hole putting course as well. Um, destinations are responding to demand and in different and unique ways, which brings me to my second point. Uniqueness, I think is a big factor uh, in terms of a golf getaway destination, uh, you want to play a course that is unlike anything you've ever played. I think coming down here to Hilton Head, you want to play Harbor Town because it's not like any course you've had the pleasure of playing before. Um, and you know that going into it, it's kind of the allure of a lot of these places is that they have an experience that you're not going to find anything like it anywhere else mammoth dunes i think is a good example of that at sand valley um that's 
unlike any course I've played, and it feels like it belongs on a different planet to me because of the vastness and uniqueness to that course. So uniqueness is the second most important thing to me in terms of a golf resort. That, that's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. I won't, I won't say I may have factored that into my variety element mm-hmm. as, as number one. So I don't necessarily have that one on my list, but I'm going to agree with you completely that it's, it's going to be a vital, vital element of the experience. When you talk about a, a place like Pebble Beach, one of the reasons that makes it so special is that that whole area there along 17 mile drive, that, that coastline that's like nowhere else is just remarkable. I mean, it's the same thing with Bandon Dunes. Once you get out there on the Oregon coast, it's remarkable. And it's golf that you're not going to experience in many places in the United States. I mean, that's why it's become so healing and such a great option for people that were considering maybe Ireland or Scotland to, to stay here within the U.S. and have that true links experience that they might not be able to get anywhere else. And, you know, you, you see that at the at, in Kohler when you're playing a whistling straights along the lake, when you go to Pinehurst and you're playing in the, the sand scrub and the trees, you know, that's it's such a unique and special experience. And, you know, with with stream song as well, you're you're out there and in a piece of property that you just don't experience. That is unlike anything else you're going to play in, in the state of Florida. And Florida has the, the second most courses in the country, but yet stream song is so abundantly unique from anything else there. So I, don't, I love that idea of the kind of uniqueness of what really uh, encapsulates a great destination. You're right. And I know what people may be thinking, you know, no golf course is the same, so every one of them is going to be unique. But I'm thinking in terms of 18 individual holes that you're not going to find anywhere else, which I, I think we've kind of communicated there. The third point I was going to make kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, I had seclusion on my list, and you know, I know there's something to being able to get to a place quick. Piners, you can get to very easily and quickly from um if you fly into like raleigh it's it's pretty easy to get to pinehurst same with you know wild dunes and isle of palms in, in south carolina is somewhere i felt like it was really easy to get to kia was probably the same way yet isle of palms is is on an island of itself it's it's away from everything else um stream song is in the middle of nowhere in florida and once you're there, it's it's all you can do. It's all you want to do um, is to be secluded and away from everything that uh, distracts from your golf experience. So I think being able to to get completely away to where you're not like, you know, I'm going to play golf tonight and then I'm going to go into the city later on and enjoy that. I think specifically when you want to go to a golf resort, you want to make that area the entirety of your experience the the whole time that you're there so to me seclusion is a big factor because i want to immerse myself in what a golf resort has to offer it's interesting you say that because i look at number three on my list and it was it was really about having this social element this social gathering area at a resort whether it's going to be the courses or some of the off-course amenities and things like that, whether it's that 
par three course, whether it's the putting course, whether it's the, the 19th hole afterwards, it kind of speaks to what you're saying. And that's, you want to have this feeling of seclusion where you don't have to leave the property if you don't, if you don't want to. You can stay there, have that social component, have that engagement with not only the people that you were there with, but the like-minded golfers who are there for the same reason and looking for that same great experience. So, you know, I think that kind of plays into what I was saying with, with my number three, I think they, they kind of mesh together a little bit. Yeah. And it, it all kind of meshes together too. Um, you know, this brings me to another point I have on my list too, that you kind of mentioned is, convenience on site i tried to make that as um broad as possible obviously of a point but you're talking about the the dining venues or, or the, the cocktail bars that are at a specific place shuttles to get you everywhere that if if everything's not contained in and of itself um to where you can just walk everywhere like at a pine needles mid pines for instance you're right across the street from each other um, you can literally walk back and forth if that's all you're going to do. But um, Stream Song, for instance, things are kind of spread out a little bit more. So they have a very convenient shuttle system. Piners is the same way um, to get you around uh, the village there. Uh, they have a very convenient on-call shuttle system uh, that just makes things easier. Um, they also do a great thing in, in the fact that you get, you know, almost like you're on a cruise ship or something where you have a, your own resort card and uh, you can take that with you everywhere and charge things back just to that specific card for the week or for however, however long you're there down to like Bandon providing the, the big push carts um, for you. So you don't have to worry about hauling your bag, just different convenience points that, you know, make you settle in and, and not think when you got there, did I forget something or am, am I going to have to worry about driving everywhere or, or something like that? The resorts make it easy on you to just relax and enjoy your time while you're there. That to me, I don't know, I, I encapsulated that by calling it convenience on site. Yeah, that's a, um, I think that probably plays into one of the ones that I have on my list, which is kind of the, the quality of the, the on-site, whether it be accommodations, whether it be food amenities. And, and it's also some of the other things that you're talking about, they're just the overall convenience factor, the way that they're accommodating their guests on property. I thought it was interesting to see this week that a place like Big Cedar Lodge just announced that they are going to have some of the on-property housing. So accommodation. So they're going to have some of these spots, these four room um, villas, golf villas for golf group, traveling golf groups, which is something that's been conspicuously absent there at Big Cedar, as great as it is, as great as some of those courses are, you know, obviously you have the Big Cedar Lodge, which is about 15 minutes, 20 minutes removed from the golf courses themselves down the, down the highway. So, you know, if you're staying at the lodge, you have to figure out your way over there. There's not necessarily a shuttle that goes back and forth between the golf courses. So to have the convenience, convenience of this, this place to stay, you know, if you're going for a golf trip and you just want to stay right there near the courses, that that's exactly what we're talking about. To have that type of uh, that access is it really kind of takes it to the next level. 
And the last point I'm going to make here doesn't necessarily apply to all golf resorts because it's something that you could, you could label a place like Big Cedar or a place like a stream song, for instance, to um, Sand Valley, starting to add more of this as well. But the additional amenities outside of golf have kind of separated some of these resorts to where you're bringing families or you're bringing spouses, significant others along with you who may or may not be interested in golf and giving them the option of something they do enjoy. So um, you're talking about fishing at, at Stream Song. You're talking about, I mean, Big Cedar has every outdoor activity imaginable at the lodge itself um, to go along with the golf. Sand Valley's added a lot in, in the past year in terms of winter and fall activities. You can go cross-country skiing or ice fishing in the winter and fat tire biking along their trails and they have grass tennis courts. So there's so many different things that you can do outside of golf um, that I think are kind of, that's kind of becoming the evolution of some of these golf resorts. They know that their consumer isn't just interested in golf. They're happy to do it if, if it's all that the, that's there. I don't think you're going to see much outside of golf added to like abandoned dunes, for instance. But if there's an option to do more, I think that's a good thing. And I think that can separate some of these other places, you know, as they continue to evolve and, and cater to the core golfers that are coming. No, I think you're right. I mean, you know, even with a place like Bandon, we do see that a little bit with some of the, you know, they have hiking trails listed or they have the, the labyrinth that you can go and explore on your own time in the trees. You know, there's obviously the beaches right there to, to go down and walk along, you know, those stunning sea, sea cliffs there on the, the Oregon coast. And so, yeah, you're seeing a lot more of that at different places. And think of a place like Reynolds Lake Oconee down in, in Georgia. You know, that place is obviously it has the community aspect, but as a destination resort and it's got the it's got the Ritz-Carlton right there on the lake and it's got so many different things to do. There's so many boating activities and shooting activities and you can do yoga in the morning on, you know, on the golf course itself. It's, it's just got that, that really uh, vibrant variety of things to do, no matter who's going down there, who's, who's making the trip. And I think we're seeing that more and more become a, a vital element of what we're, what we're talking about here. So do you think I missed anything on, on my list or do you think I got anything wrong or something that you would maybe have a different spin or take on? No, I think you hit a lot of the ones on mine. The one thing that I, I do have on my list, one of the last ones was, um, and I think we alluded to this a little bit previously, but I talked about just the overall pure experience, the, the atmosphere itself. Um, but then going down a little bit further on my list, was packages, some of these great packages that resorts are, are able to offer and that the pricing, because, you know, if you're going with a, with a group of, of, of friends and family, whoever it is, getting people together, there's going to be different interests. You know, certain people are going to want to, uh, you know, have different price points that they're thinking about. So you look around the landscape and some of the different packages that are being offered for what we're exactly what we're talking about, multiple experiences, you know, great food, great accommodations, a variety of golf experiences. 
you know, they're trying to bundle all these things together and make it that much more appealing for, for the traveling golfer. And it's, you know, you look around and it's exciting to see at this time of year because they're starting to pop up more and more. Yeah. And I, I, one of the things that was kind of part of my uniqueness angle too, um, that I, that I didn't mention earlier was, uh, this idea of like signature touches, like things that you can only get or do at these specific places, which again, meshes into other things we've talked about, but, um, getting the, the meatloaf at, at Bandon or, um, you know, collecting those teas and different items and trinkets from all the courses at Pinehurst because they've all got their own unique branding, I guess now. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, just those like things that you hear about. You, I know you did a piece earlier uh, for us in the year about unique course prizes, and that kind of um, lends itself to what I'm talking about too. But the signature touches that have become these popular collectibles too, I think is, it's not necessarily like a core point, but I think it adds to the allure of a lot of these places. Yeah, I think you're right because there's, it makes you more a part of the experience, right? I mean, if you are kind of in the know about what's happening at this particular resort, or, you know, if you know you hit the longest drive of your life at the 18th hole at Sylvie's Valley Ranch, which is this downhiller, and, you know, chances are pretty good that you're going to hit a good bomb if you, if you, you know, put a good swing on the ball and it starts trundling down the hill you can go to the bar afterwards and ask for their signature cocktail because of that, you know, that type of achievement. It's just fun. It just adds to the overall experience and it makes you feel a part of that particular resort. And it's something you share them with friends, right? It's something that you talk about afterwards and it's this, this whole shared experience. Yeah. And a lot of these places, you know, as soon as you leave, you're going to want to talk about uh, what did what, how do I rank the courses? How do I rank the different experiences that I had? Um, because you've seen that conversation circulated at, at a popular destination. Um, it's all about, you know, being kind of being part of the fraternity there too. Uh, and having, you know, I can, I can say I did this. I can say I uh, played the seventh hole at Pebble Beach and didn't hit it in the water. I mean, I can't say that personally because I did, but I was there at least and, and gave it my best yeah. shot. So, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's, you know, I have the same connection here with this opportunity to go to Pinehurst. This will be my first trip to, to Pinehurst down there to play any of the courses. Um, and I know for a lot of golfers, it's, it's an, it's a trip that they've made and it's something that I've heard about so much over the years. And so it's been, it has been something that's been on my bucket list for a very long time. And so to really finally have that come to fruition and be able to have that shared experience with other golfers, be able to talk about that and, you know, what, what I experienced there is going to be really rewarding. So it's something I'm incredibly looking forward to. Specifically with Pinehurst, like what are the couple of things for you that you, you can't wait for uh, on that trip? Well, I got to tell you, you know, the talk about the cradle and everything that I've heard about that short course that, you know, I, I did get a chance to talk to, to Tom Pashley, the president of Pinehurst 
recently, and he's done some unbelievable things. He came to, you know, obviously with a marketing background, um, and he was looking to make some changes at Pinehurst. And, you know, we're talking about a resort with an incredible history and, you know, has been around for a very long time. And it just feels like it's more relevant and more modern than ever. And when I asked him what, what one thing was he most proud of, you know, during his tenure, it's the cradle. And there's been a lot of things that have, that have happened at Pinehurst in recent years. But the cradle, you've seen this, this kind of um, fun aspect and this variety that we've talked about, this uniqueness taken to a whole new level. You know, it's exposing the game to more people. It's giving people a chance, giving guests a chance to play quickly uh, in a more engaging, fun fashion, short, you know, you don't have to devote half the afternoon or half the morning to it. You're out there, music is playing. Um, you know, the drink card is, the drink card is right there and, and available. So uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to that. Needless to say, I'm looking forward to number two, but also experiencing some of the variety there and, and seeing how different some of those other courses are on property from you know, the, the, the shorter course at, at number three to the changes that have been done at some of the the other courses, like what Gil Hans has done down there. So, and obviously having some drinks at the Deuce Bar afterwards. Can't wait. There's so many different things on the list that uh, that are uh, I'm looking forward to very, very much. Yeah, don't forget to miss the uh, the brewery, the Pinehurst Brewing Company too. Um, perfect place to have, you know, a rack of ribs or, or something else from the smokehouse there. That's that's a must do. So uh, I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm a little bit jealous. Yeah. So I know that's, you know, the anticipation is killing you to go there. Um, what are some of the other golf resorts um, or destinations that are also next on your list? Um, must visit, must play places. You know, it's funny because I thought of this when you were discussing a few things before about proximity and okay, you know, how to get to a certain destination. And one that I was just looking at yesterday um, is in, in Western Washington or in Eastern Washington, Gamble Sands. And I've heard incredible things about that property. They're opening a new par three course there from, from David McClay kid called Quick Sands. And, you know, it's not easy to get to. So I was trying to figure, okay, do we fly into Spokane? Do you fly into Seattle? And, you know, either way you go, it's going to th- be about a three hour drive, three plus hour drive. But, you know, I think that's, that's one of the top of my list, certainly just because of, I've heard so many good things about the property. You know, I love what McClay kid has done at some of these, some of, with some of his other recent courses, obviously we all know what he did with the original course at Bandon Dunes, but, you know, also Mammoth Dunes out at Sand Valley, another property that we've talked about already in, in Wisconsin, just this idea of, fun, you know, bringing that back. The course is so wide open, so beautiful, so just visually engaging. Um, you know, I can't wait to see that property. And, you know, like any true golfer, I'm looking at it and saying, okay, well, if I do hit Gamble Sands, how difficult would it be to swing over to, to Coeur d'Alene and, you know, play the, play the courses there in Idaho, which is just about an hour the other direction from Spokane, if I fly in from there. Um, you know, so there's no, there's no shortage, certainly. I know Sylvie's Valley, which we also talked about, that was on, on my list, and Arcadia Bluffs out in Michigan. So there's no shortage for me. I've got a, I've got a long list, 
um, after Pinehurst. Uh, curious what's up at the top of yours. I have, um, just to, to cross over on your list, I, I had Arcadia Bluffs on mine, um, or just, you know, Michigan in general. I've had the chance to travel there and see some golf there, but not really play um, much at all. So um, the, the Boyne properties up there, certainly. Um, I hope to be able to get to American Dunes when that opens later this year. Uh, Jack's new course with Folds of Honors. So that'd be really cool. Uh, Sylvie's is, uh, I think, one of the more unique properties in the entire country, too, just in terms of bringing that different aspect to the table. I mean, they have a seven-hole challenge course. They have goat caddies. They've got um, now the putting course coming, too, and both of their 18-hole courses are reversible. Um, it's just that place is going to be one of a kind when I get to experience that too. Um, and then some heavy hitters that I definitely need to, to address on my personal, uh, golf experience itinerary are destination Kohler. That's only going to ramp up once they hold the Ryder cup there, um, later this year. And, uh, they've added the new baths at black wolf run short course there too. So there's a lot new going on there as well. Kiowa is right up the road and I need to, to play the ocean course. I need to, to see what that's all about. Um, I hope to be able to do that very soon um, before the, the PGA championship is just going to make that more desirable for everyone involved. And, and then north uh, across the, the northern border, I need to, to go play Cabot. That's the one dream golf property that I have yet to check off my list. Uh, they've got a new short course too, The Nest. Um, and Cabot Cliss is supposed to be just as good as any golf course you'll ever play. Um, and certainly unique. So that's, I realize I could keep writing other things on this list, but the, those were, were the top of mind, um, golf resort destinations I, I need to get to. I, I definitely agree with you on Cabot. You know, that was up there for me as well. It, it was a, a spot that I've hoped to make. Uh, trip to this year if possible and let's hope that the the border situation changes soon you know that we're able to make some trips back and forth and you know in, in talking to resort operators and things like that this year you certainly hear the impact especially some of the northern ones that we've talked about whether it's wisconsin or or michigan uh, uh, in places like that the impact of losing some of those, losing their Canadian travelers, those golf travelers that come down from Canada that are avid golfers. And there is an avid segment of the population up there that, you know, loves to play golf, loves to come down and, and hit these destinations and just haven't been able to, just like we're not able to right now make the trip up to Cabot, but hopefully it's, it's a possibility soon. Um, you know, one of the ones you, you mentioned before had me thinking too, you know, there's also destinations that, you know, we talked about and celebrated the virtues of having a variety of, of, course experiences in a variety of courses, but, you know, there's a few destinations like you talked about American dunes that have just one course that are also there on my bucket list. And I was thinking about some of those saying, okay, you know, we can't just, you know, take them for granted because there's some great ones. And, you know, I think of, of Aaron Hills, I mentioned Coeur d'Alene. I know that they have circling Raven is affiliated with that property as well. It's not right there and it makes for a nice compliment. Um, but, you know, places like McLemore and, and Primland and, uh, you know, 
Aaron Hills, I know, is, is another one, obviously, in Wisconsin that everybody wants to try and get out to and play if they're making a Wisconsin trip and hitting some of those other destinations. But, you know, right now they've got the, the, the one course there. So there's a lot of great with just the one course, the one that stands out for me. And I don't know if there's there's some for you as well. But, you know, I was lucky to get out to to Lanai and play the, the course there along with the cliffs. Um, at the Four Seasons, and that one is just so incredibly special. Just the one course there now, but it, it to me, that's near the top of the list. Yeah, and I, for the purposes of this conversation, I was, you know, I was not meant to discount these places that just have one course. Um, you know, I was talking in, in broadness about the resorts that do offer a lot of golf to people, but um, yeah, I. I have to put a lot of, more of a think on that in terms of one course places. I mean, <sighs> the fun element there too is, you know, you could say, well, I'd love to go out to a place like to, to Maui and play Mount Akea. And then obviously you have the one course and so many other things to do. And, you know, obviously with some of these places, you do see that, you know, you have a, a wealth of things to do, um, you know, beyond the golf and, that, that makes one course stand up just fine. Yeah. Well, and I've said it before. I mean, I need, I need to play Sweetens Cove. That's not 18 holes, but it is one course that I need to play. Um, and gosh, somewhere like Sand Hills, I think that needs to be checked off the list. Um, you know, I, I need to take a look at a, a top 100 list and just kind of go down the, go down the line there because I know that there are a lot of places that are high up that I, I need to try to get to at some point. Yeah. That was another question that was addressed when we talked to and surveyed uh, golfers is I was curious where that whole top 100 list, the list chasing kind of where that might fall. And I was surprised that it wasn't as high as it might, as I might have thought it was. It was much further down the list. And I think we had almost 30 different things that were asked and it was definitely in the bottom third, which, you know, I guess that probably speaks to the, to the wealth of options that are out there. There are so many great destinations. There's going to be no shortage of things to choose from, um, you know, for, for us golfers. And, and that's why we, that's the beauty of golf, right? We're always going to have this bucket list. There's always going to be more to, to try and see and experience and check off. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, that speaks to probably a, the advantage of, of golf resorts is that, you know, they, they may have one course that's in that top 100 list that you can check off. But um, the idea of that being like, you know, I don't, I don't want to just one and done um, my golf trip. I would love to play that and two or three more courses while I'm there. So um you know, there's advantages to each. And, and when you talk about like Coeur d'Alene, for example, you know, you're going out to Idaho because you're going to play a lot of courses around Coeur d'Alene as well. So yeah, I, it's a, it's a decision you have to make, I guess. Are you picking uh, location destination or are you picking one singular resort that takes everything and, and bundles it for you? Sure. And I think that's, that's an awesome point because, you know, I think of, of Pinehurst and, 
you know, obviously this is my first trip to Pinehurst and I want to experience what's happening there at the resort. But every time you, if you even bring up Pinehurst and for people who have been there, they're like, oh, you got to see Mid Pines or Pine Needles or Tobacco Road, you know, all these other great places in that area that are just off property. There's such uh, an abundance of great golf in and around there. You could make multiple trips for multiple years and still not hit hit them all, and um, you know that 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 kind of speaks to what we're talking about, I think. Yeah, well, I we would love to hear from you, the listeners. Um, <clears throat> what did we get right? What would you add to our our list, and what is important in making a, a golf resort great? Um, we kind of took that conversation and went a bunch of different ways with it too. So, would love to get your feedback um, on what we had to say today, but. Um, Eric, thank you very much for, for joining me on the discussion. And I look forward to hearing some stories from Pinehurst from you. Um, most importantly, I think I want to hear, uh, what surprised you something that when you, you, there's so much anticipation of what you already know, once you get there and find out some things that, um, you weren't, uh, anticipating, or you had no knowledge of previously that, really stood out for you. I'd, I'd love to circle back with you on that and, and figure out that because I've had the pleasure of going a few times and there, there are certainly some secrets and surprises waiting for you there. I certainly can't wait. Al, you know, I always appreciate coming on and talking with you and look forward to uh, dishing on the experiences of Pinehurst and my first trip down there and I know there's a lot to look forward to so and probably a little bit of sensory overload so I'm kind of going into it with that mindset will, will help me distill it down. So I look forward to, to talking about it again. Yeah, sounds good. Well, enjoy the rest of your week and uh, safe travels when you get going. We'll see you later.